0: Should we, should we crack a brew? Crack the goddamn brew.
1: Is that, is that what we do here? You're done.
0: Yeah. It's a weak crack, but you know what? It's not even a beer. It's a cider. Oh, boy. <laughs> Blake's Hard Cider. I'll start that over. Blake's <laughs> Hard Cider Company, Triple Jam, Strawberry, Blackberry, Raspberry. This cider is so good. I am not a big cider boy. This cider absolutely slaps. All right. Okay. I'm not a big cider guy either, but maybe I'll give it a go. It's got a very nice balance of, like, sweet and dry to it. Um, mm.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness the world's number one wrestling podcast. Let me pod to you. Yeah. What's
0: this thing called again? Just kidding. Welcome to Let Me Pod <laughs> to You. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter at we Hate Jacob. I'm here with my co-host, Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter at DimitriTalks. Dimitri, Talks. Dimitri yeah. it's been two weeks. It's been SummerSlam. It's been... Dynamite 200, it's been lots of things since we last recorded a podcast.
1: How are you feeling about the wrestling? Well, things have been very busy for the both of us, which is why we have uh, taken two weeks to record this podcast. So, in these two weeks, uh, I mean, to start with SummerSlam, uh, I just wanted to get this out the way real quick. I thought it was a above average to good pay-per-view. I didn't feel amazing about it, but I didn't feel like it was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh I just felt like alright, it was good. That's that's where I'm at with SummerSlam. Afterwards, um not a ton has happened, but we got some interesting stuff in the mid-card. Uh I like the um Bobby Lashley stuff we're getting fed. That's got me a little bit uh tickled and excited. And I like the uh Chad Gable content we're getting, uh as we'll talk about later. So yeah, as a whole. I'd say uh, everything's going all right. But let me let me say this, though. I've watched more AEW in the past couple weeks than I have since AEW first debuted with Dynamite, and I was watching it weekly. So it's very nice to get a little bit more in there. I'm still not watching full episodes, and I'm still not watching, um, you know, like, like, whole way through. But, like, I am definitely tuning in and I'm definitely catching a little bit here and there, much more so than I did before. So that is exciting. How do you I'm feel glad about it? i I could
0: finally bully you into watching some AEW. Yeah. <laughs> I will talk about it in my headline, which is part of our format here. Headlines, stock rising, stock falling. These can be specific wrestler storylines, et cetera, to kick off the conversation. But first, we have top
1: of the mid. Yeah. And you already know. Yeah. You already know, man. It's Chad Gable. Shout out to my man, Chad. Uh, Thank you. I. All right. So something I noticed when watching him on Raw, which I thought was interesting, watching him come out the ring, you know, his mannerisms, how he talks on the mic. Really just reminds me of a guy that everybody loves. You know who that is? His name is John Cena. (laughs) No, his name is not John Cena. (laughs) It's L.A. Knight, dude. He's got charisma like L.A. Knight. <laughs> I, I did Don't not. you think he has charisma like L.A. Knight?
0: No, it's different. A different it's a gravy. Diff-
1: it's a it's a different gravy. But they, I would put them both in the same tier of like charisma because <laughs> Chad can make anything sound good, as can L.A. Knight. L.A.
0: Knight just exudes more cool with what he's doing compared to Chad Gable. Like I feel like Chad Gable, like he was a nerd in school, but like a, like good grades nerd. At, in school. And like, I'm buying what he's selling right now. And I was going to talk a yeah, little right. bit about this during your top of the mid he has the last couple of weeks since he got his uh, title shot, he's come out with a different intensity. Yeah. It's been less comedy and he's kind of turned that dial on the intensity up a bit more. And I'm buying what he's selling, absolutely, 100%, to the point that I think I, I texted you the other day. I was like, Chad Gable might dethrone Gunther. Mm-hmm. Like, not on, not on a random Raw next week, but if they do that and there's some shenanigans, because they're kind of putting this into a whole Alpha Academy Imperium storyline, mm-hmm. I could see something happening there.
1: That's yeah, been interesting to see Maxine get uh, shouted at by what's his face in the empty Ludwig before. Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's been interesting. Um, I, I do want to say I agree with your little take on um, Chad's charisma. It is a different type of thing. It's a different type of gravy. It's not the cool factor that you get with LA Knight. But where I'm trying to get with the charisma is like just with like what he says what he's able to get over, how he's able to get the crowd interactive interact with him, like with all of his catchphrases. And just like when he's on the screen, you're watching what he's saying, you're paying attention to what he's saying, and you're interested. That's where I think they're similar in the sense that they grab your attention. They're great with catchphrases. They both feel like true throwbacks to an era where mm. catchphrases and like just charisma out the wazoo was what essentially made you or broke you and i just really i really really enjoy that from both of them and i always make this comparison it's a really easy comparison to make but it's always so fair to me the kurt angle comparison is so legit cuz kurt angle made a living off of comedy but he also could turn the dial the fuck up on intensity and get buck wild and mm-hmm. chad gable can do the same thing
0: when when chad gable germans gunther next week on raw oh my god it's going to be incredible nuts yes Uh, along these lines as well the catchphrases that you're mentioning Mm -hmm. it's almost as if if you give the crowd something to do and you sell it to yourself and you sell it to them in a way that they'll pick it up it will get you over yeah i'm so tired of all these people bitching about oh it's just they're just some attitude there throwback baby like no like Fuck out of here. The, the crowd just likes being involved yeah please i, I, I Bring don't want to go i love this i don't want to go to a wrestling match just to sit there and go hmm, excellent another german <laughs> <laughs>
1: lovely stuff great form wow what a flip wow exactly
0: exactly <laughs> exactly like i this i'm not trying to like throw a stray at ricochet here but like no of course not he's good at what he does he's so good in the ring and he gets the crowd involved in a different way uh-huh. but he's never gonna be over the way these guys are mm-hmm. and like seth rollins with his song like he's gotten to a point now where he can go and you're gonna send here and listen to them sing my song and the and crowd just goes point? oh we know i know what yep. to do <laughs> and like chad gable he wins that match and he's running around and as soon as his arms go to here The crowd knows we're going to go. Thank you. Like Mm -hmm. they know. So if you get the crowd involved, they will Roman Reigns acknowledge me again. Like there's so many different things.
1: The acknowledge me thing is really cool. I firmly believe that that wasn't a thing that was planned because I remember the first time he said it. He just he told the crowd to acknowledge him. And I was like, oh, interesting uh and it, it seemed to have a good reaction from the crowd and and, and what I, the way i think it is is like a lot of things like that happen organically where it's like mm-hmm. you say it and you're like oh damn that that kind of worked next week you try it out again and if it keeps working consistently boom you got something and i I, th- I think that's the best way that these things come about i think that's probably how that came about at the
0: same time though still like it's a crowd interaction it yep. gets you over exactly like yeah. Before this whole, like, bloodline infighting, Roman Reigns was so over. And it was like, wait, is he a heel? I don't remember if, if he's mm-hmm. a heel or not. Anyway, we'll get to them later. What's your headline?
1: <laughs> uh, Oh, yes. Have you seen the rumblings of uh, this could possibly be uh, Edge's last match coming up on uh, SmackDown?
0: He has said that it's the last match on his
1: contract. Yep. Yep. So uh, it you know could be his last weeks? WWE match. What's in two weeks, bub? All in at Wembley. Oh yeah. What the? You, so your question. The question here is: Does he <laughs> have the same thing in his contract that is like a no complete clause for like thirty days, like most other talent has? Depends on if he told him, "Hey, don't worry about that. I'm retiring," <laughs> <laughs> and they gave it to him. I would hear here's where i'm at i would love to see edge one last time uh either feud or team up with christian i love Edge and christian so much I, so many I, memories for me i just keep thinking like christian
0: cage is out there at all in he's talking his shit no one can compete with me even though he's not the tnt title holder <laughs> and then you just hear you think you know me That crowd would like that arena would start to crumble from the absolute explosion. The pop would be insane. I don't think that's going to happen, but I can dream.
1: Hey, it would be crazy. And you know what? One thing that's got me thinking here. uh, You said that you think you know me. What an iconic theme song. I wonder if they would be able to get the rights to that. If not, I wonder if they'd they'd be able to at least sample the "You Think You Know Me" tag at the beginning because I've heard other songs sample it and. Um, Who knows? I That'd don't cool. think
0: that's owned by WWE.
1: I know I uh, No, it might not be owned by WWE. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think huh? it's theirs. That would be lovely. I mean, like if, I, I know I'm, it's a band that makes it, but I just, I just don't know if it's like licensed to, to WWE to use, and if they need to license it or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Tony Khan would have to li- like pay a licensing fee for it, but like mm-hmm. I don't think it's like WWE is like, "No, we made this and produced it. It is
1: ours." Got gotcha. them. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, we're sure. going to see if if it happens, of course. Yeah, that would be crazy, but I don't think and it would, but
0: for certain good. people and for certain pops, Tony Khan will pay the money. He will. Oh, yeah. He'll put the he'll write the check. He got the bag. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh if this is truly Edge's last uh last match could be be a crazy thing for me uh i love edge a lot i've got a lot of memories with edge and um crazy think about so uh i I wanted to move on here if you're ready to move on to my next point here
0: one last thing i'll say about edge i'm glad i got to experience a little bit of edge
1: oh yeah because you really didn't get much your first Mm -hmm. time around because you were a tna boy yep (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely a good thing to experience. Yeah, he's just like a whole nother level. He's just got a cool thing about him. Uh, My favorite run, uh, not since we're on the Edge topic, let let me say this too. My favorite time of Edge has to be the feud with John Cena. That was just like peak WWE childhood for me. That was when I was the most into WWE. Okay, let me backtrack. John Cena or the Matt Hardy feud because both of those were so good. The whole Matt Hardy and Lita love triangle thing was great television. And I can't believe I watched the live sex celebration in my room when I was in like third grade uh, with an eye on the door. because I was scared that my mom was going to come in <laughs> and what be the like, what the hell are you watching? It'd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be like, what the hell are you watching? I cannot believe I watched that as a child, but edge was just such a badass. truly the rated R superstar. I was like, he was so believable as a heel. He was so hateable. You really made you feel for Matt Hardy, which is somebody at least back in the day that everybody kind of wrote off. Cause it's like, Oh, well he's, he's Matt Hardy. He's not Jeff. <laughs> Yeah. But but that was a great storyline for them both. Really sucks that it actually had real life consequences, but hey, <laughs> it was some good shit.
0: <laughs> the best stories always have real life consequences. Yes. <laughs> uh what's what's your next thing?
1: Oh, so this is an interesting one. Uh so, I don't do you know who Maven is? No. All right. I didn't think you would. Uh, Maven is just kind of like a random mid-card wrestler who wrestled in the WWE in the early 2000s. He was the win... I don't know if he was the winner or not, but he he was in that show, uh, Tough Enough. Have you heard of that? All right, so that was an old show also back in the day where... Essentially, they would train a bunch of upcoming wrestlers, uh, you know, just to work in the WWE. He was in that show, and then he eventually got to be in the WWE itself. Um, okay, so with that backstory, mid-card guy. Um, he had a few interesting storylines, one with The Undertaker whatnot. I, I loosely remember him because I was pretty young at the time. Um Anyways, he makes he has a YouTube channel. It's really good. I'll link it in the show notes. didn't do it yet, but I'll link it in the show notes. And he actually talked uh very transparently about the money that he made in the WWE. and I just thought it was a really interesting um, listen. So some of the things I found out is it might not be the same today, obviously, because times have changed, owners have switched, a lot of a lot has changed since when he wrestled. but when he did wrestle, he got paid essentially two ways. One way, through a downside guarantee, uh, which essentially is a a value of money that they would make no matter what. So, for example, his first downside guarantee on his contract was, I took a note of it here, was like 50K. So roughly like $1,000 a week. What that means is 50K a year He's guaranteed, no matter if he wrestles or not, if he gets injured, if he has to sit at home and nurse an injury, he's making 50K. Mm-hmm. Just, that is that's that is what it is. Then, the other way you get paid is pay sheets. So pay sheets are what you would t- probably typically think how you would get paid is, like, on a per-event basis. Um, so he was a mid-card guy. He made roughly about... I think he said $500 a, a, a match, okay? Um, and he would typically wrestle somewhere between three three and four matches a week with, like, live shows and house shows, uh, which would equate out to, like, $2,000 a week. So, obviously, if you're wrestling, you're going to make more money. Makes sense. Um, but anyways, that's how much he would make as a mid-card. I thought that was interesting. Now, here's where it gets really interesting is... He kind of broke down a little bit farther as, like, more, more stuff goes. So, like, he broke down his, like, he would still get residuals. He, he still gets residuals today. He wrestled, like, in 2005 or something, 2004 maybe. Um, and he used to get mad money on DVD sales because that was the main way they made their cash. Uh, interesting take here. He, at one point, was making, like, $3,000 a quarter. On DVD sales uh, up to the WWE network. Then, of course, the WWE network dropped. Everybody stopped buying DVDs. Now he's making like $300 a quarter. So <laughs> that has taken a huge hit because of the WWE network. Um, then he kind of broke down his best and worst year. So this is what I thought was really interesting about to learn about mid cards in the early 2000s. His worst year. Uh take a guess at what his worst year was. I'll give you one guess. Uh
0: in terms of dollars?
1: Yeah. Worst year.
0: Sixty-nine thousand dollars.
1: Okay, pretty close. Uh worst year was 80k. So nothing to not sneeze bad. at. Not bad. He was injured for the majority of it. Um so not bad. He was like, yeah, that's totally a livable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind though, you do have to pay for travel expenses. You do have to pay for hospital visits. You do have to pay for hotels, carpools, whatever. So that can dwindle down a lot. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. What do you think his best year was as a mid-card talent in the early 2000s? 200?
0: Uh, Really? Wow.
1: 400. 430K as a mid-card talent in the early 2000s. I wasn't thinking WWE wrestlers, especially mid-card talent, were making this type of money. Um, but hearing him say it, I was like, damn, that's crazy. Now, keep in mind, taxes. He said mm-hmm. taxes will typically take about half of that away. And then, of course, after half is away, you, 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 know, you got your regular expenses and mm-hmm. you got travel expenses and all that. But still making a pretty penny for a mid-card guy. Um, so I found that interesting. Uh, he brought up a few uh, how pay per views work. So pay per views, you make like a like a bonus essentially on top of what you would normally make. So like he was making um, uh, probably a couple thousand on a pay per view. His best pay per view, though, he said he made thirty k for one show. That was like the best he ever did, and he was Damn. like, "Holy shit, that is incredible!" Yeah, thirty k. Show it was. No, nah, he didn't say what show it was. I. I'd, I'd be interested to find that out. Probably had something to do with this feud with Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um but he uh said he was friend good friends with the uh like top of the card talent. Um and that guy he said he didn't mention who it was, but he said that guy would regularly make over 100k every pay-per-view. So like just on
0: the pay-per-view.
1: Just on the pay-per-view is 100k a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, he was saying, um, back then, obviously, people had to buy pay-per-views. Um, so, like, to make that much money, you had to actually generate the buys instead of, like, people just subscribe. So, he just kind of went into detail about how, like, pay-per-views actually really mattered, not only to, like, the fan, but also to the wrestler. Because it was, like, a huge payday. And you felt really good if you get to the top of the card. So, everybody was, like, really competing to get, like, that, that prime-time pay-per-view spot. Um, so yeah, there was just some, some cool stuff. He, uh, said about the, uh, WWE pay. I thought that was a cool listen. So yeah, I'll link the Maven YouTube channel. It's actually got a lot of cool gems. The video, that video specifically is like 13 minutes. So there's a lot more in depth. He goes in and, um, there's a lot of stuff he talks about, which is really interesting. Um, I think he's kind of an underrated, uh, YouTube channel. So if y'all have not checked that out, I would definitely recommend to check that out.
0: That would be great. I look forward to seeing that.
1: You like that long-winded, uh... I did.
0: We also (laughs) need to take a quick break because my mic disconnected. Oh, no! (laughs) Okay. Wow. Back like we never left.
1: Oh, yeah! Macho Man! Let's go!
0: Speaking of Macho Man, uh, it was good to see you, my favorite Macho Man, for SummerSlam. And... That's my headline was SummerSlam was a big high point for wrestling for me. Having all of my wrestling watching friends in one place. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked that a lot. But after a high point in anything, um, Uh I have now had quite a down point of wrestling where it's been like a drag to watch a little bit. Dude. Yeah. Um, It's been like, I don't know. I just have been, I don't know, some of the storylines have not been landing for me either. I just don't really care about some of it, and it's been, maybe that's part of it, I don't know. That's my headline, is SummerSlam was so good that now wrestling's been a little bit, (laughs) for me. But, we're going to talk about some stuff that's good, and I don't think we, did we put anything? How do we not, oh my god, okay. I'm going to adjust this. We're, we're going to do headline number two for me, because you had two headlines. All right. Go ahead. Ball out. Austin Theory is no longer the United oh States Oh, my champion. God. How
1: did we not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened. That's why.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't really understand the choice of picking Rey Mysterio.
1: Transition champion. Yeah, but,
0: like, why not Santos Escobar?
1: I don't know. Good question. Like
0: you're going to fake have him hurt. And then Ray wins the chip. I, I just, I don't know. I don't really get the choice. We'll see how it plays out. I think this Friday on SmackDown will be his first episode with the belt since he won it. Is that correct? I think so. So maybe we'll, we'll get some more information uh la night is currently occupied with the miz which we'll talk about in a minute but i don't really get it i don't get the pick i don't get the choice it's like if you were going to take it off theory like santos escobar had the title shot unless it's going to be kind of what i had talked about a few weeks ago of like sowing some discontent in the lwo but
1: yeah i i just want to say about that uh All right, so yeah, I I get having Ray as a transitional champion. That makes sense to me personally, Uh, just because Ray is a professional. Everybody respects Ray, and if Ray's going to win a belt, nobody's going to question Ray winning a belt. Personally, Mm -hmm. I feel like that. Mm -hmm. But here's the big but. We were so exhausted of Austin Theory as champion, and so many people did not want to see him as U.S. champion. I felt like that was a great opportunity to set up somebody to take the belt off of him. And for, like, that to be a huge, like, celebration for somebody. Like, to be a really big moment for somebody to, like, take the belt off of this guy that nobody wants to see it. Like, I feel like it would have, like, if you get a fan favorite, anybody in there who you, you really want to win the belt, uh, it would have just made, like, the cheers and the, like, jubilation and the feelings, like, multiply tenfold. Because you're you're taking the belt off of somebody who who just has had a terrible run, to say the yeah. least. Um and I, I feel like that was a that would have been a good opportunity for something like that to happen. So it's kind of weird for him to drop the belt and it like it, it does sum up his entire run. It's been pretty lackluster and it's pretty lackluster for Ray to just randomly take the belt from him. It's kind of the story of his run. But at the same time it's just like damn I kinda wish they would have like at least capitalized on all of our like annoyance of this run. <laughs>
0: And whoever was going to get the belt off of Theory was immediately going to be over with the crowd. You could put it on any baby face. Any of them. And And I've also been seeing shit this week that's like, what do you want to see from Theory now? I don't want to see anything from this man. I have no interest in him. Like, I genuinely think that they should send him back to NXT for a repackaged job. And whatever's going on with the NXT title... Once that feud's wrapped up, have Austin Theory get into a feud with Carmelo and let him let him work on stuff because like he needs it. He needs to go back down.
1: He needs to go back down or be entirely repackaged. We've seen people be kind of shoved down people's throat or people like get way too much exposure when they're not ready. Uh a la Dom Mysterio. And then get a repackage and it works. So I'm not saying like Austin Theory can't work because like, seriously, Dom Mysterio was, like, fucking awful. Like, I really hated watching Dom Mysterio. I hated when he was on my TV screen. But it's gone completely uh, 180, and I really enjoy him now. So that can happen. But it can't happen if he just shows up, like, in a week doing the same things, trying to get over the same way. It's just it's not going to happen. It's not working. Or maybe get him a manager. Yeah. Like, something different i I don't believe his promos at
0: all like i don't believe anything he says and like he's he's fine in the ring like he's not anything special i'd say he's above average in the ring okay that's fair but Uh, like like, crazy get him a manager maybe i don't know it he needs he needs some some help some work at least keep him off tv for a month just let Mm -hmm. him let him simmer a little bit like we don't need to see him right away facts all right, that's enough. Glad you added that there. We needed yeah, to talk about that. I was just looking at the, the <laughs> rundown. And I was like, oh, how did we miss? Okay, whatever. Bloodline Cinematic Universe. There's going to be a little bit here. So, SummerSlam. Roman Reigns. Everyone knows by now he retained the WWE Universal Undisputed title. I mixed up the order of that, but it's okay. <laughs> and it was with the help of Jimmy? Yeah.
1: I didn't see it coming. Uh I didn't, I didn't see it coming either.
0: Yeah, I knew Jimmy was going to
1: interfere. Yep. I knew that. I saw that coming, but I didn't did think it was going to be that coming. Way. Yeah. Uh
0: and then Jimmy on SmackDown last week, um during the Hail to the Chief uh section, claimed it was to protect Jay from being becoming like Roman. He didn't the, the tribal chiefhood, it c- corrupts, it pollutes the brain. It's he didn't want to see his brother go down that that road. Roman was loving it. He was like, "I love when you two fight. This is great for me." He offered Jimmy a boat, a plane, a car, an island, whatever you want. The wise man will hook you up. Uh, that was that was fun. Um, but no, Jimmy said he doesn't want anything to do with Roman either. And it's like, okay, hmm. sure. <laughs> Jay super kicks solo. He super kicks Roman. He spears Roman. I love Jay. And then he. Did you like did you notice how slowly Jimmy was walking up that ramp though uh-huh. to like make the segment work? Yes, like you could see him in so the background yeah. and he's like Gotta take it slow. <laughs> this is the slowest walk I've ever done. I was like, what is happening? Yep. <laughs> and then after Jay beat up everybody in the ring, he's like, Jimmy, get down here. Jimmy's coming down. He's like, My brother's back, my brother's back, my arms out. Bam! Super Pop. kick right to the jaw. And props to Jimmy. He sold the shit. Bro was dead of that on the ground. Kick. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> uh, Jay pulls a Roman, starts talking to the camera that's closest. Deuces, oozes, I'm out of here. Good. Not just SmackDown, but the WWE. Mic drop.
1: Joseph Fatou is all <laughs> <laughs> That was, yeah, that was a cool ass segment. I, again, uh, major swerve at the end there. I don't think anybody thought that Jay was going to come out and goddamn be like, I'm out, bitches. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, he's looking I'm-
0: after his mental health. He can't, he can't <laughs> deal with all this uh, family drama anymore.
1: That was crazy. I wonder how long he's going to be off TV. And is this just going to be like a pause in the bloodline storyline? You think so?
0: Yeah. I, I think that this is a, uh, keeping the Jimmy versus Jay available for a big pay-per-view because there's no uh, big pay-per-views the rest of the year. Yeah. Like we've got, uh, we've got payback coming up in a couple weeks, which nothing has been
1: booked for. Mm-hmm. And that's it's in like- Pittsburgh. We got to have Kurt Angle and Chad Gable do something.
0: They probably they'll probably link up. Yeah. But like there's been nothing booked for payback yet. Uh the next one after that in October is Fast Lane, I think, which is the dumb one that's going to be in Indianapolis. Uh but like there's nothing big the rest of this year. So they're probably going to try to keep that on the boil until like Elimination Chamber or Royal Rumble or something. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know if you, they can keep it down that long wwe also put jay like straight onto the alumni page which they never do they're so so slow to update that it's like no he's really gone it's like yeah you're really making me believe it oh he's really gone we check it out we updated the page yeah right like (laughs) i doubt uh your girl uh the artist formerly known as lacey evans is even on there yet (laughs) the artist formerly known as lacey evans God, if she rocks up in AEW, I'm gonna lose my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forget yeah. what her name—Macy Estrella or some some shit. I don't remember what her name is. Yeah, What's I don't know. Name?
0: Estrella's not sounding real American. There, Macy. It's some.
1: I, is that what? Is that what it is? I <laughs> yeah, don't remember what that, his name that's is. That's what it is. All right,
0: bet. But yeah, I I think they're gonna keep. They're just trying. This is the only thing they can do to keep Jimmy and Jay apart for long enough yeah. to put it on a big pay per view. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: it's not big enough for payback. <laughs> Roman's not defending this belt until next year.
1: Yeah, he's got to hold it till WrestleMania. Now he's got to. Yeah, there's no way he drops it before WrestleMania. No, no. And there's still people talking like this is why Roman should let the go. Shut the fuck up. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Ugh, this, no. We get this historic reign. He's obviously going to keep the belt till WrestleMania, and if Cody can keep up his his run. And keep the positivity going, and keep steamrolling along. The next time around, if Cody wins the Rumble or something, uh, when he fights Roman, more people like me, who were like saying that Cody was definitely in there way too quick from the jump, will feel much better about Cody like actually, actually dethroning Roman Reigns. I would, I would believe it was a possibility then, and I would feel much better about a Cody win after all this shit has happened and he's had to actually kind of fight his way up instead of just like, oh, hey, I'm here. By, by the way, I'm, I'm in the main event of WrestleMania. Cool. Like, yeah.
0: There was a rumor last week, I want to say, that uh, was saying that basically WWE is just working hand-in-hand with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman on the creative for the Bloodline story and mm-hmm. Roman's title. And at this point in time, WWE creative does not have any plans for him to lose the belt. They do not have a plan for it. It is going to be when Roman and Paul says it is.
1: Yeah. Paul Heyman's great at that shit. Uh, by the way, he is at this, at this
0: point, this length of time that he's had the belt, it can't just be a, Oh, he lost it. It has to have meaning. It has Mm -hmm. to be like, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if like WrestleMania comes around and Cody's about to win, like it's one, two. Ref gets hit with a steel chair from Paul or something. Yeah, to the point that like it's like a trilogy, kind of like we got with uh, Roman and Brock Lesnar a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. where it's like a WrestleMania, SummerSlam, WrestleMania until that story is decided.
1: That shit's memorable, and his bloodline story's been incredible. Like you said, everybody who was like, Roman should have lost it. Hell the fuck no. We are like steamrolling ahead. The Bloodline storyline is kind of what's keeping SmackDown afloat. Like, it's really kicking ass. It's the best thing WWE has right now. Which, so going back to the United States Championship, that's why that belt needs to be important. hmm Yep. And, oh, this is just a random uh, side piece I wanted to add just because... Uh, you were not watching WWE at this time, a little bit before your time, not not long. Uh, you were talking about uh, Heyman being a big part of creative. There was a point uh, in the last few years where WWE creative was like struggling hard. And Raw was like a, like, it can be a hard watch still sometimes, but at this point in time, it was like really awful. Like a bad. watch. Oh, when I when I first started watching,
0: like Raw was basically unwatchable. Like, yeah i it, I was only watching SmackDown because Raw sucked so hard.
1: Yeah, it was like that. It's it was just really fucking bad. And then they actually made a really cool decision. And uh, Paul Heyman uh, was the, was the I forget what his role was, but essentially he oversaw creative for Raw. He got a promotion. Mm. He got to oversee creative for Raw. Literally, the first episode he was in charge. There was like a, some sort of fight and somebody got put through the like stage like area at the very top where the, the screen. Damn. Is. Somebody got put through it and like there was like electricity and like lightning and shit. And everybody's like, oh damn, help say hello to the Paul Heyman era. This shit's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, Paul Heyman did a great job there. And then some, you know, cause Vince McMahon does Vince McMahon things. For some reason, things were going well, and then he was like, "All right, Paul Heyman, you're out of here," and uh, that was the end of that. But that was a cool run. So I believe Paul Heyman has, you know, good things. Ahead. Well,
0: he's he's got a proven track record of being of very course. creative. I mean, yeah, there was um, there was a documentary I watched. God, it was a couple months ago now, but it was basically about the era of Paul Heyman being an authority figure and running SmackDown, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the documentary is basically breaking down how. Raw was really good, great numbers, winning TV every week on Monday. But SmackDown was a dog shit pile. And at that point in time, it was on Thursday. So it wasn't competing with like Friday night crowd of like just people not watching TV on Friday night primetime. Yeah. But it wasn't winning anything on Thursday. They put Paul Heyman in charge. And within like, I think the quarter that they put him in charge, SmackDown started beating Raw. And Vince was pissed.
1: There was a point, bro, where as a kid, like I, I mentioned this before on an older podcast episode, as a kid, I really wanted to watch SmackDown because there were just so many cool storylines and shit that I would see on Raw of like shit happened on SmackDown, and I'd be like, I want to see that. I couldn't watch it because I didn't get SmackDown where I lived, but like, bro, I wanted to watch that so bad.
0: Yeah, it, the um the thing that I was watching is Paul was talking. He's like, and Vince was pissed, of yeah. course, because <laughs> I was beating him, and yep. so he had a meeting, and he was like. I need you to like tone things down a bit so that raw is the number one show that we have because it's our flagship show. And I stood up and said, write a better show. Yes. Facts. And, uh, and Paul was saying, he's like, and basically the reason I felt I could say that to Vince at that point in time is the contract that I signed when I got that promotion basically said, if he fired me, he had to give me $15 million. And if he wanted to fire me for $15 million, I'd take my $15 By million dollars and get the fuck yep. out of there. it. Was it was a, I don't know if it was
1: 15, but yeah. it was like a ridiculous crazy number. number. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, good, good.
1: Paul is a man, dude. You know who else is the man, Dimitri? Who? The Miz. Ooh, he ooh. is
0: the gateway <laughs> to
1: going up the card. Yeah, damn right. He's so good and, at his job. And who is the Miz putting over now? Oh, our boy. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's been, it's, I, yo, I feel like we said this on an older podcast that L.A. Knight would work really well with Miz. I could be mistaken, but I feel like we said that. It just makes sense. They're both great, Mm -hmm. very charismatic. Mm -hmm. The Miz, like you said, is like the gateway to like stardom. He just can put anybody over it. Not that L.A. Knight needs to be put over, but literally the combo of them both this got me very excited. Did you I mean their first little spat they had, that had everybody on the internet like, damn, we need more of this. Because that shit was good, dude. And I, I think part of the reason they did that too is
0: it's like, okay, we know what LA Knight can do in the uh-huh. ring. We know he's pretty good on the mic. Let's put him with the best person in the company on the mic and see how he fares. Yep. It was gold. Draw absolute yep. draw no one won like and then they have their little kerfuffle and when the miz is going to do some wrestling moves in his suit you know that he's into like whatever the story <laughs> is like he starts taking off his jacket he's undoing his tie a little bit and then he mm. throws the jacket at la night they have the little yeah. kerfuffle <laughs> la night hits him with the the bft the blunt force trauma bad finisher but whatever <laughs> we'll, we'll rock with it for now uh, and then like the Miz is on the ground, and he goes, "Good to meet you. We'll talk again soon." And then like grabs the Miz like dead hand on the on the mat and shakes it and gets out. <laughs> like it's little things like that. Like yep. it's entertaining. L A Knight held his own. He did what he needed to do. He did the wrestling he needed to do. And this program is going to be very good.
1: I'm more interested in this program already than I was in the L A Knight Bray Wyatt program. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I I mean Bray Wyatt
1: was supposed to be a big, 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 big star back then, and I was not very, very into that. So it's just cool to see Miz get his props. Honestly, I hope that it leads to
0: a Miz LA Night pay per view match. Like I hope this isn't like a it just gets burnt out on Raw. Like I hope this. I want to see
1: this as a like legit feud.
0: Yeah, that it goes back and forth for a couple weeks, and then like that's like a that's a that's something that can go on the payback card.
1: 100%. You know, a dream dream feud for me is a a three way feud between LA Knight, Miz, and Grayson Waller. I think that would be fucking incredible. And I know, mm. like I always say, Grayson Waller. I love Grayson Waller. Not everybody's feeling it yet. They'll come around to it as he they, gets more time. He get, he they had me.
0: a pre-recorded segment with Grayson Waller and LA Knight on NXT last week. Hmm. I didn't know that. Grayson Waller's there. He's like, you know, I used to run this place, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like talking to a girl. And then, like, you hear a car pull up. And she goes, oh, well, I've got to go. And and he's like, who could you want to be going with that's not Grayson Waller? And then, like, the window comes down and it's LA Knight. he goes, she's going out with a megastar. LA Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. And like she gets in the car and he's like and he says something else and like pulls out and Grayson Waller's just like sitting there mad. So mm-hmm. that could be something that they could. I would do love that. Me, that'd, be, that'd, that'd, that'd be
1: a dream feud for me. I would love to see that.
0: It would be fun. That'd be yeah. fun for sure.
1: Where are we at on this thing, man?
0: Uh we are at stocks rising. Oh, there so it was are. the first <laughs> stock rising, uh Ms. in LA Night. Um and the next one is the women's title picture across both of the big companies. Here we go. SummerSlam. Uh, That triple threat match was pretty fucking good. Between Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. Charlotte Flair is in the figure eight on Bianca's bum-ass knee when she still did a fucking flip off of. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Asuka missed Charlotte straight in the face, which you could see it coming because Charlotte was like, before it happened, <laughs> but, yep. like she gets missed it in the face. <laughs> Oscar comes around to try to just like get the pin on Bianca. Bianca grabs her with the with the sneaky little roll up. And new uh, WWE Women's Champion Bianca Belair. She's limping around with the belt up, and then that fucking banger of a music hits. The Shh, lights start her. going, <laughs> and Io Sky is not doing her dance. She's oh. running down the <laughs> ramp with <laughs> Bailey. And everyone's saying Bailey's gonna turn on Eo. Bailey's gonna turn on Eo. No. Bailey was taking out all of Eo's ops. She's yep. in them all with the briefcase. She murders Charlotte, murders Asuka, gets in the Murders. Ring. <laughs> I mean, she knocked them out. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just there on the side of the ring. Like, they don't know what's going on. They can't stop this nonsense. Eo goes for Bailey or Bailey. Bianca's knee again, cashes in. Real quick little flip out of the off the top rope. One, two, three, new champ, EO Sky.
1: So happy. So happy. I was so happy, dude. Huh. What a lovely time. What a How lovely fucking time. What'd you say? How happy are you? So happy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> let me say it again. So happy. I, I love Eo and Bailey so much. You know that. Uh dude, what a great moment. And EO is just she's gonna be a great champion. Hopefully they let her have the belt for a good bit. Have you noticed that uh, Bianca hasn't been on TV since then? Or um, well, maybe not had a match.
0: She's hurt. Oh, yeah, technically with the knee hurt. She saw Beyoncé last night.
1: She did. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Very cool.
0: She looked fine as hell, too. Uh, Rhea Ripley finally has a storyline. fine uh, as hell, too. <laughs> bro, did you see the Instagram? No, I did not. I'll link it in the show. I was notes. unaware. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh Rhea has a storyline for once. Um, she will be fighting Raquel. That's probably going to happen at Payback and hopefully yep. goes on longer. I would really like Rhea Ripley to have a storyline for the women's uh, world title. That'd be great. I think that would be super important. And it looks like they're going to run back some big fight intensity fight stuff with her and Raquel. I think Raquel is the only woman in the current women's roster that's actually bigger than Rhea Ripley just in terms of like height and strength. Like I think she's the only one that can like match her and or best her at just being like a powerhouse style wrestler.
1: Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Most, most of the women on the roster are not very big. (laughs) So yeah, we used to have a few, but like now there's not really, I mean, Rhea typically towers over everybody. So
0: yeah, like, it's just
1: like you think back
0: to, um, to backlash with Rhea and Zelina Vega, like yeah, that, was, that was the first mismatch. thing that came to mind. Yep. <laughs> so I think I think this is one of those those kind of deals that can go on for a little while between between Rhea and um, and Raquel. Uh, I did see some clips coming back from when they had like a street fight brawl for the for the NXT Women's Title a couple years back, and that looked like a banger. Ooh. So if they run some stuff back. I don't think Rhea's going to lose the belt. Don't get me wrong. But I think she needs to be challenged. And it needs to be soon. Because that belt's starting to go a little stale. Because it's caught up in the rest of the Judgment Day wave. And it's not been about her title. She is the champion. She needs to get her flowers. She needs to do her work.
1: I like really agree with all that. Uh, I really agree. She definitely... Rhea needs like you said it yourself a storyline and, and like to be shown off as a champion mm-hmm. with, it really does feel like since she's got the belt, the belt's been on her shoulders. It's been on her waist, but it doesn't really feel like she's like even been a champion. Cause she hasn't really been involved in many things. So it's just kind of like, she has this belt that's just like there. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's a weird feeling.
0: Yeah. And she's supposed to be like the leader of the judgment day is kind of the way they bill her. And if she's the leader of the judgment day, she needs to be leading by example and she needs to be kicking ass. Yes. Which which we know she can. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. I I would actually, I think something that would be really interesting if this feud doesn't pan out because there may be an injury. I don't know if it's kayfabe or if it's real with Raquel, but if that isn't the case, if it, if, they can't do this feud right now. It's going to be kind of a stop start. I would love to see Rhea Ripley do a weekly open challenge for the women's title. That'd be good. And just like she can squash people. She can squash local talent. I don't care. I just want to see her wrestling and kicking ass. Yep.
1: More Rhea, please.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, and the other stock rising, uh, there's a new champion, um, in the women's division on AEW. Hikaru Shida shocked the world and beat Tony Storm on Dynamite 200. This is actually before SummerSlam, so we are rocking back quite a ways uh, <laughs> for this one. But Shida beat Tony Storm. She was uh, one of the first AEW women's champions. She was the champion during the COVID time, so there's no crowd. So this is a big, big for her to be the women's title holder during crowd time. And she'll be defending her belt at AEW All In um, in a four way match. We'll cover that momentarily. But yeah, good for Akarashita. I think it's good actually that Tony Storm lost this belt because that was another one that was going stale. I think the Outcasts are still not quite working. And it's one of those things that needed a change just to spice up the women's division a little bit. Um, and I think Sheeta would be a good champion. So that's my spiel about that. That's my spiel. Well, I guess while we're on women's champions, yeah. let's go. Let's go one more. The women's tag team championships are cursed. This is not stock rising. This is going to be our little section. They are definitely uh, cursed. Sonia Deville tore her ACL. That sucks. That's awful. Chelsea Green was trying to make something interesting happen by on her Twitter account doing this like Chelsea's got talent to find her new partner. They should have let it be our truth. That would have been yes. Hilarious. I was going to say
1: that. I'm glad you said that. I would have loved our <laughs> truth coming out.
0: <laughs> and then on Raw this week, they have Chelsea pitching this idea to Adam Pearce like, "I'm going to hold a talent competition. Chelsea's got talent for the belt." I was really hoping then, they would actually do it. Right? That would be yeah. such a fun segment. And then Piper Niven just shows up and says, "I'm taking this belt." And I'm like, Damn it. (laughs) Like, I don't mind. I don't mind Piper Niven. Like, I don't have anything against her. No, yeah, absolutely
1: not. It just would have been cool to see. It just just feels like they kind of blew over a cool
0: idea. But also, like, along this line, why the fuck did they combine these tag team belts? And where are the witches from SmackDown?
1: Dude, yes, they were so good for a couple weeks. And And now they're gone! Yeah, I was like, dude, they are so dope. They got a cool thing going on. A lot of little vignettes showing. I was like, dude, this is interesting. I Fuck with this.
0: They're giving us us the Viking Raiders, but they won't give us the hot witches. Like, I don't understand. What the hell, bro? This is crazy. And, like, they were over, too. Yeah. They came up from NXT, and they were over. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. The crowd was behind them. Like, and, nope, gone. Whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what the hell happened with that. I, that's a great point. I Actually, they've been gone so long and randomly that I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Where are they? Yeah.
0: Why did they combine
1: those belts? Crazy. Who Whatever. Ah, <sighs> All right, your turn. Uh, yeah, I just want to say a stock rising. I, I mentioned this earlier, but like for me personally, a little bit of AEW. I've been watching a little bit here and there. It's been nice to see. Uh, like I, I, I've said a few times, I, I, the only time I watched AEW regularly is when it like when uh, Dynamite first started, and I was watching weekly. And I was watching like uh, Jungle Boy was still there, Cody, uh, a whole bunch of dudes that uh, are no longer there anymore. Actually, um, so. It's interesting to see how a lot of things have changed. Um and what really kind of drew me in recently is I really love RVD. So I was like, oh damn, dude, RVD's there. The goddamn show. Let's let's watch that. Uh that was cool. RVD when he first popped up, I was like, damn, that motherfucker look old. <laughs> but then like he can actually go still. He Surprisingly, can, he can
0: super duper go.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Damn, bro!" Shout out to RVD. Like, aging like fine wine out here. He is fifty-two. I didn't. Okay, I was gonna look up his age. That's crazy. Yeah, he is. He's on another level, man. And I'm glad to see him rocking out still at this old age after like he's done so much for wrestling. Like he's been. It feels like he's been everywhere and been a big deal everywhere. He's been ECW wwe tna fucking wherever rvd is just a fucking man so cool to see him um then i just wanted to mention i was watching uh i don't remember if it was collision or dynamite one of the two sky blue was on it was or it might have been um dude Dude, i might have watched rampage (laughs) did i watch rampage yeah Yeah, i watched rampage because it was uh it was her was her and saraya Yeah, and um I watched Rampage and Janie comes out and she's like, damn, she's got a big ass. <laughs> I knew that's what you are going to say. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that is hilarious. You say that. Cause that is like literally what everybody says. That is like literally first thing she says, she looks at the screen. She goes, damn, she got a big ass. Do uh, you think that
0: uh she's in the running for the the title? Is she going to steal the belt from Gigi? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Nobody's stealing the belt from Gigi. <laughs> That's crazy. She's actually on TV. That's crazy. <laughs> uh but yeah. I, I I really like Sky Blue actually. I think she's gotten so much better over the last like 6 months. Like seems her like wrestling. a great baby face. Oh, incredible baby face. Yeah. She cannot cut a promo mm. at all. But incredible babyface. She can go. She's uh, like everyone at AEW talks about her as like she is going to be a women's champion one day. She is going to be like the the like face of the women's division in AEW. Um, she's only twenty six.
1: Oh wow, like she's very young, young for a wrestler for sure. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, they got her off the indies. They brought her in as enhancement. Um, and immediately, uh, it was in a show near Chicago, I believe when they brought her in as enhancement and it was against red velvet and velvet was supposed to be the baby face in this like enhancement match, but yeah. the crowd got behind sky blue right away. Cause she's from Chicago. And like, she called the audible to velvet during the match. They had wrestled together on the indies. They worked well together. And like, she was like, I'm going to, she's like switch. i'll baby face and took a fucking beating from velvet Mm. um she also apparently needs to be like honed in sometimes because she wants to do like more interesting spots that you don't see in women's matches like she wants to do more table stuff she wants more chairs like she wants to do like some hardcore women's matches and there are people there that want to do it too but they've got to like build a story for it but i really like sky blue she did a great interview on AEW Unrestricted, um recently, and I would really recommend seeking that out if you want to learn more about the person behind the wrestler.
1: Intriguing, yes. That was also uh, intriguing to learn about the uh, audible. You said she called. That's that's mm-hmm. that's some cool shit to be smart enough to just you know call the audible and be like willing to bet on like yeah this is the right decision because. Although it's just like, you are like, oh, it's just a handsome match, just a random audible, but like, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, you know, <laughs> and and that that's
0: kind of like along the lines of she can work with everybody there. Yeah. She she does not have any ego issues with like the uh, the people she's working with. Like she's been in and around this out outcasts feud for a while. Uh, and apparently like she has nothing but good things to say about Soraya, Tony Storm, Rhea, uh, ria ruby soho um and they have like similarly i've seen in interviews like saray is like i couldn't believe she was that good at that young so good good stuff very promising for her
1: indeed Ooh, we we've made it uh where are we at here Alan i wanted Park.
0: to say i wanted to say one last thing about rvd oh yeah go ahead run it i cannot believe he showed up in AEW, dude i know he was just like One of the people on the draft for WWE, like I know, yeah, he popped out
1: with the suit. Man,
0: (laughs) he apparently got permission, like, he didn't want to spoil his relationship with WWE, but he was really interested in this, like, FTW title angle. Uh So, he got permission from WWE, like, hey, you won't like hate me if I do this. And they let him do it, which
1: that's props on them, props
0: on RVD. I bet if Vince McMahon was still, I bet
1: (laughs) if Vince McMahon was still like the man, the man, that would have never happened.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I would say it's. You're probably right on that. I, yeah. I think probably he went to Triple H and was like, "Hey, like I don't want to spoil my relationship here, but like this is pretty fucking
1: cool." Like, yeah,
0: yeah. To go do it. Stock falling. What are you surprising me with? Stock
1: falling. One of the biggest stocks falling in the history of stocks falling. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The WWE's handling. Of the star that is Lacey Evans. (laughs) Respectfully, (laughs) no. You mentioned it earlier. We talked about it briefly. I just think... I've, I've said this before. I don't agree with everything personally with Lacey Evans, and I don't think she's the greatest wrestler by any means, by any stretch. She's actually a little rough in the ring. but. The big butt here, not Lacey Evans. Sky Um, blue. (laughs) The big butt here. Uh, I think I will always say I thought that she had a from like the very beginning. I thought she had a solid character. She was good at being a heel. She was good at getting under people's skin like that's natural for her, clearly as like a person it she's feels so like she's so hateable it feels like she's just super hateable and really good at getting under people's skin and that can piss a lot of people off rub a lot of people the wrong way and me it's not always a good thing <laughs> jacob it's not always a good thing uh, but i think in this case she was actually legitimately good at being a heel and i think that although she was a little rough i don't think they gave her character the love it needed to actually succeed we like never got any matches she was in a good angle an interesting angle a while ago when she was uh you know sassy southern belle or whatever uh when she was in that little angle with rick flair and having like essentially being rick flair's baby mama i don't know if you watched when did you no. watch when that was a thing no. all right so long story short she was in a feud with charlotte flair it was actually pretty interesting because um Rick did some shady shit and like dipped out on Charlotte when she needed help or something. Turned out he dipped out because he was there with, he had a relationship with Lacey Evans and the storyline essentially was that Lacey Evans was in love with Ric Flair and Ric Flair was just infatuated with Lacey Evans. And he was just being like a piece of shit dad to his daughter because he was like, well, fucking Lacey Evans. What what do you want me to do? I'm Ric Flair. Um, So, it was just, you know, another probably a Vince McMahon ass story. Of course, mm, it sounds like it a sounds Vince like McMahon it. thing, right? But it was good. And it was interesting. And she was really good at getting under people's skin. And I just think that we we missed out on... We're, we're missing, like, some solid women heels in in wrestling, I feel. And I think she's a solid mid-card women heel that, you know... Could have made things interesting. But I, I
0: guess I guess right there is the problem. What's that? There isn't enough love for the women's division in in AEW, in WWE, in either of these major companies for mid card women's matches.
1: Exactly. I'm Everything not expecting Lacey Evans match. to be a star, but I think she's like a really good mid card level heel. Could yeah. have been good.
0: Absolutely I'll give you that. I will absolutely give you that. Like right now, I guess you technically say the mid card women's story is uh, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Which is crazy to say. But that's (laughs) not mid card. Like that is main event level work, but it's mid card because neither, it's not for a belt. Yep. So, but Lacey Evans can't compete in that. Like she can't compete in that kind of bracket for what you need to do to have a mid card women's story on WWE television. So it was never going to work. I mean, it's like Zelina Vega had a title shot in May. Where the fuck is she? Yeah, great point. She's just going woo lwo. Like she's just there. Like <laughs> she's got the flip flop. On. Like I'm, I'm sure she's on dark matches. Like before SmackDown, after SmackDown. Like I'm sure she's rocking that. But like overall, like she's nowhere after a title match. Natalia off TV again after yeah. a couple title matches. Uh, who else can we look at? Um, Liv Morgan's hurt, but. <laughs> Like, it's just like there's no room for what would make a good mid car. Oh, I remember who I was thinking of Meechin. Oh, and, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she's really good. She's really good. She's a really good wrestler. And like, I don't love AJ Styles, but they could push whatever that faction is supposed to be the good brothers and Michin to be something. Like, I mean, the good brothers can wrestle. They were just champions in New Japan before they came back. Like, all everyone in that faction can go and they're soiling in the mid card like there needs to be more room for more women's matches just in general and that's something where both companies really struggle
1: wow way to turn that into something you agreed with me a little bit that is crazy i never would have thought i'd see the day where you somewhat agree with me on a lacey evans take yeah me
0: neither (laughs) uh let's accelerate slightly um (laughs) Finn Balor, stock falling. (laughs) Uh, Zoe's over here giving me a look. So we're gonna we're gonna have to run through these stock falling. All right, let's run them. Finn Balor, he can't stop. Yeah, Finn Balor, he can't stop catching L's. Man won't stop losing. For some reason, he's still in the main event. I'm tired of it. Get him out of here. Bye.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, that's pretty much it. he, he's he's catching mad owls left and right, and yeah, no, he's, to me, he's the least interesting one in the Judgment Day, I can't lie.
0: Has been for a while.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what's your next thing?
1: <laughs> there's a potential spoiled return that I won't spoil because I had somebody on Twitter spoil it for me, but there's a guy connected to the Bloodline storyline uh who had tweeted somebody tweeted out a promoter i think tweeted out a thing of them saying that they would appear at an event oh as... everyone's everyone's already seen this hey hey it, hey it, I, no. a lot of people have but not
0: spoiler everybody. spoiler alert the the seven people that listen to this podcast have probably fucking seen this uh it was on a promoter poster <laughs> poster that rikishi was going to be a special <gasps> referee for payback uh, spoiler <laughs> rikishi has even said this was a promoter mistake this is not happening well that's what you would say for what like what's he what's he officiating Uh, jimmy and solo at payback who uh, fucking cares
1: i I love rikishi i care yeah
0: whatever (laughs) if you're mad send your hate to me i'm we hate i'm at we hate jacob hate with an eight you're mad send it to me
1: if you're mad get some somebody who knows rikishi call him up get him to stink face jacob
0: i like i've seen this so many times across multiple platforms i've seen it on twitter i've seen it on fucking facebook bro like this is everywhere like everyone has seen this nonsense
1: i hate that people spoil things
0: it's not even a spoiler if a promoter fucked up and said hey come get like pay fifty dollars for an autograph from rikishi by the way it's gonna be a payback like that's the promoter's st- just trying to get more money. No,
1: no, no. The promoter, sure, the promoter fucked up, but like accounts being like, oh, a promoter spoiled this. And then they just like plaster it on the internet. And I'm like, bro, you just spoiled it for everybody more than the promoter spoiled it. That, that's where I get annoyed. But it's not happening anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm, we'll see.
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rikishi comes in to do some kind of family refereeing at some point. Yeah. But I don't think it's happening yet.
1: Move on. Okay.
0: Uh, last talk following WrestleMania ticket prices. I know I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, I saw the, the pre-sale ticket prices. And I was like, damn, I guess I'm not going to WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I really thought about it heavily. and But like even before the ticket prices came out, I was like, I don't know. I might not because I really like watching WrestleMania at home. It's still really good. And just to have to spend all that money and then also... Travel I may be able to travel, yeah. I may be able to stay at my sister's house. She lives near Philly. That may work, but still, that's a lot to go through, just sit at, like, mediocre-ass seats at best. I know. Uh, When I could just sit in the comfort of my own home and watch, so... Eh, my, we'll see.
0: my current plan for it is basically I'm gonna wait till March and see what's left over and what they're just trying to get sold. Yep. Like, if there's, like, a mid-tier seat that's in the, like, Two hundred ish dollar range that they're just like we need to sell these seats. I'll take it. Yeah, but I would do that. I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm not buying anything tomorrow. That's for fucking sure. I ain't
1: buying six hundred dollars seats, bro, for me and Janie, and dropping a thousand dollars to sit. Mid- hell, no. Fuck no. No.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's it. Long podcast. This is yes. a little over an hour. We missed you. We'll be back more consistently.
1: Uh, that's the sound of makes- kisses. If you got the audio.
0: <laughs> thank you everybody for listening you can follow us on twitter and tiktok and youtube at let me pod to ya. you can follow dimitri at dimitri talks you can find me if you want at we hate jacob that's hate with an eight send me your hate if you didn't like me spoiling the rikishi thing guess what <laughs> i don't care please give us a review on your chosen podcast platform we're on every major network have a great week everybody